Well, this one's going to be real hard to talk about. I mean, my what the things <laughs> we do to women and black women, oh I just... God. yeah. I don't. Yeah. Can't wait to do this with you for an hour, girl. <laughs> you know what? I, know. I can't either. And I mean that. Let's I... fucking go. Pull over, everybody. Hi, Jillian Bezavali. Hi, Patrick Hines. You guys, if you're looking for more GP and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 250 full ad-free bonus episodes. We're doing Gacy right now. Oh, the yeah, the one on talk. Peacock. Ooh. You guys, it's bananas, What that I didn't one. know about what I didn't know. I'm going to say it a hundred times. There's also a reporter named Jay. We're having fun with him. You know what? Jay's really turned around for me. I actually really like him in this episode that we're about to do today. Jay's, Jay's got a lot going on. So join us if you want to know what the hell we're talking about. Also, The Vow, Tiger King, Lorena, The Menendez Murders, Lacey Peterson, Serial Season. One. Night Stalker, Heaven's Gate. Remember Heaven's yeah, Gate? Yeah, The Staircase, The Jinx. Yeah. All the classics. Anything you've watched on like Netflix, Hulu, Peacock. Every app. I have yeah. every app for yeah. you, everyone on the Patreon, so we can watch everything and talk about it all. Also, you guys, join our Facebook group. It's the True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group. That's where you're going to find all the announcements. That's where you're going to find everything you need to know, including your new True Crime Best Friends. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong about that? You're not wrong about that. The amount of Bears Gonna Bear memes. I know. You guys, almost 40,000 people in there. If you think you're looking for community, I would say that's the place to do it. It sounds like it. Can I make one more request? Sure. Follow us on the on the Instagram, you okay. guys. Okay. <laughs> Try to match your thing here. Yeah, True Crime Obsessed podcast. On the Instagram. Yeah, and every Tuesday at noon Eastern, we go on, we hang out for like a half an hour. Yeah. Ladies for lunch. We're chatting about the episodes and uh, you ask us questions. Yeah. We're just hanging out. You know what? It's you time. You can do whatever you want with that half hour, you guys. Yeah, except for us, we're doing Ladies for Lunch, which is what we want to do, <laughs> right if I'm being honest about it. <laughs> All right, girl. Okay. What, this was a GP pick. What are we talking about today? I'm not putting it on you. I'm just saying this was a rough watch for me. It was, but I demanded we do it. Yes, yes. Because goddammit, the story needs to be told. You guys, this story is so important, and I got a lot of feelings about and it. And we hear from the survivors, which is what yes, I love. Anyway, yes. it's called Monster Preacher. It's on oxygen. It should be a major motion picture. This story yeah. should be the story that everyone knows. These women are unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it's called Monster Preacher. Did I do it? You did it. Okay, great. <laughs> you did it. I feel a lot of. I feel like you're looking at me. Like end, no. end. I'm like, is, do we start? How do we do this? I'm out of practice. It feels like we just did this the other day. He preyed on people who could not fight back. His idea was to kidnap women and create this harem of sexual slaves. Gary Heineck put me in that basement. I screamed and screamed. Is he just bringing me here to bury me alive? What did I do to deserve to be tortured and raped? He was trying to get these girls pregnant. He wanted to raise a perfect race. And then I realized he was upstairs burning Sandy, cooking her so he could dismember her body. But if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. Because I ate her. I made up my mind I was going to make every effort possible to be able to get out of there. He would actually have church services on the first floor of his house while girls were in his basement chained together. So it's all about this guy, Gary Heidnick. Girl, may I? May Do I please? It, please. I Doesn't hate, it hurt? It does. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. it hurt? After West of Memphis, I, t- I got to tell you, I, I, I was like, 
uh, she's back and she hurts. People were very, very happy to see her, though. People it's been a hurt. minute since the garbage bell's been ma- made an appearance. Well, welcome back, sweetheart. Welcome Aren't back. you glad this is what you're joining us for? West of Memphis and this? All right, let's go. But during this, like, 15-minute coming up on, like, the insanity that we learn about what this man did to these women, I just was like, who the fuck is this guy? I know. So we get some on-screen text, and it tells us that two survivors have agreed to share the details of their abduction. Yeah. And they will meet for the first time since being unchained. Yes. 33, 33 years, years ago. ago. This is a trigger warning for yeah. torture, sexual, sexual assault, violence. sexual violence, being held captive. I mean, this is really, really hard. I want you to know, like, don't, like, if you can handle it, keep it on, because we're going to get through it together, and you need to know this story. Yeah, I just want to let you know kind of what's coming. Yeah, I agree. I'm this just is saying, not like, an art theft. No, and we're going to do it our way. We're going to, like, find the light moments if we can, but, like, this is a really important story, and like you said at the top, I can't believe everybody doesn't know this story. I know. I, know. I can't believe I didn't know this story. This is just fucking bananas, this oh, fucking God. story. Oh, God. Can we talk about these two survivors because they're both incredible badass women but there's a little drama we're still in the coming up on you guys yeah. um yeah. one of them is like and i think you know god put me there to save the other girls god put me there to save the others and i'm yes. like oh my god yes. what a hero and then the other one is like she should just told the truth from the beginning and we wouldn't be here now well she should have told the truth from the beginning she's not a hero <laughs> and i'm like wait wait what like how does this get any worse now the survivors are fighting well, i can't have it and josephina is the one who says she was there to save the other women and yeah. Jackie is the one who's like saying, well, well, why didn't you tell us that then? Yeah. And Jackie at one point says, I can't even tell you how I'm going to feel when I see. I don't know if I'm going to run up to her and start punching her. I don't know if I'm going to run up to her and hug her. I'm going to see her for the first time in 33 years. I'm either going to hug her or punch her. And I'm like, oh my God, you and guys. And let me tell you, we see their meeting. Hold tight. Okay. <laughs> so Woo. we meet one of our survivors. Her name is Jackie Askins King. Yeah. And Jackie was like raised in the project in Philly and she had this really tough life like she said starting when she was 12 years old that's when she started working the streets I think she was a young a very very young sex worker mm-hmm. she said she had a mom who was great but you know the mom was like a mom and a dad and Jackie says she didn't want to listen to the rules so she would run away a lot she would find herself on the street and at 12 years old she says she was like dating with slash living with slash in a relationship this with this 22 year old man who was selling drugs that she was doing she had a very very hard young life yeah and she says like she grew up real fast and it was just it was a really bad situation so yeah. you know that that all started when she was 12 but now years have gone by and she says like she was just really going into the deep end of the streets and she says and that's when I met Gary Heidnick so pause on Jackie yeah we'll come back to her because now we gotta meet Josefina Rivera so did you say Josefina yeah is it Joseph Josefina <laughs> is it Joe you're you're right. I'm just trying to say everything the right way, Jillian. You and me both. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, Wait. Josefina Rivera. Uh, okay, sorry, Josefina Rivera. So we either hear her referred to as Josefina by like the narrators, and then Rivera by Jackie, because Jackie doesn't like her very much. To this day, Jackie we'll calls her Rivera as though they're in prison together, which they kind of were <laughs> yes, in, in their sure. own way. So yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of history there. But Josefina <laughs> says, like, I gotta tell you, I had a really great upbringing. Yeah, she she says like she has these like one-liners right out of the gate. She's like, my upbringing and discipline from Catholic school. I think they have a lot to do with me surviving Heineck. You know, surviving Catholic school had a lot to do with me surviving high neck. Yep. Yeah. She was like, I took what I learned. Yes. I'll tell um, you, I went to one year of Catholic school. How do you think that went? Not great. Not great. Not great, Bob. 
Um, and she's like, look, I wanted for nothing. I, I grew up in this great foster home, wanted for nothing, yeah. went to school. I graduated from college. And she goes, and just somewhere down the line, I started using drugs. And it was cocaine that she goes, you know, that really made her distracted. Yeah, and she goes, because, you know, she needed money to support her habit. And that's how she, like, got into sex work, basically. And that's also how she met Hynek. So now it's November 26th, 1986. It's, it's the, the night before, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Biggest travel night and biggest bar night of the year, oh. day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and suddenly I really want a cocktail. Yeah, same. <laughs> so Josephine has three kids and God, this is, yeah. she was working the street to get money for Thanksgiving dinner. I, and I gotta tell you this, like Josephine is telling us the story about how she ended up with this guy Heidnick and like we're saying it with sad tones in our voices because what happens to them is terrible but right. like Josephine is a very strong woman and she's just telling us the story plainly. She's pretty, yeah, she's yeah. saying it pretty bluntly. Yeah. Like here's yeah. what happened. So she goes, I saw the brand new Cadillac go by a couple times. I didn't really pay it any much attention. He pulled over and we started to talk. He had some money in. He seemed pretty normal, but you know, the word nut is not really stamped on anybody's head. So you were basically just taking a chance to hopefully that you're going to get this done and get back home safely. Talk about one-liners. I love She's this. like, he seemed pretty normal, but you know, the word nut isn't stamped on people's <laughs> heads. So, and I'm like, Josefina, we're going to have a nice time. You, you know, know, and the thing is like, she gets into the car and she has this rule that she does her sex work in the car. Right. She doesn't go to people's homes, but she broke her rule for this guy because he seemed normal. And that's basically how he got away with everything. Yep. She said it, that was the first time she made an exception to not do the sex work in the car. So she goes, when we got to his house, there was nothing that looked dangerous. I mean, he had coin change in his kitchen on the walls and stuff like that. He had some dollar bills glued on his stairway, like going up to the bedroom. He had pinball machines, but there were no like intuitions like he was a bad person. Everything was normal except for the fact that there was change glued to the wall and in the kitchen. Bills. And dollar bills like glued to the walls going upstairs. And to the also bedroom. random pinball machines, which is like I love I love a vintage arcade, like sure. old pinball machines. Like yeah. I think that's super cool. But like this guy's guard like the, even despite all the things that make him evil. He's not interesting enough to own pinball No, machines. like, I'm not saying that it's cool he had them. No, I'm saying, I'm just like, saying it's weird that he has them, because that's the thing, like, a cool person would have. To, exactly, next yeah. to the glued-on pennies bills. and dollar bills. <laughs> like, what? And meanwhile, Josephina's like, yeah, this looks about right. She's like, Josephina. I'm sure she's, like, seen worse yes, than that. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, so she's yeah. like, and she says, she goes, my gut, like, no alarms went off. Like, it yes. seemed kind of okay. And you know what's so amazing? That's a very honest thing to say. Absolutely. Because we all live by our gut instincts, and she's saying, like, there was nothing about this that felt out of place for me. Right. So they go upstairs, they have sex, and she's like, he was asking me, weirdly enough, like asking me a lot of questions about my fertility. And like very fucking personal questions that didn't seem to bother her. Do you have kids? Are your tubes tied? Yeah, can you can you still have kids? Right. And she's getting ready to leave. She's yeah. getting dressed. And he comes up behind her and starts choking her. Yeah, and she describes it as like a movie projector clicking. All I can remember was like, you know, when you're in school and you have a movie projector and it slides off and it's like really fast and it was like just things in my life were just flashing in my head that broke my heart where she's like remember in school an old yeah. projector like I, you can there are many moments in this where you can see Josefina like what she's remembering yeah, yeah. and she's a very vivid storyteller and it's all on her face too and, and this she's is a like, moment that broke my heart she's such a survivor I think that Josefina really sees the value in telling her story I agree and that really comes through and she says that like he's wrestling her and she's like suddenly I realized there was a handcuff on me right like right, on right. one of my wrists she didn't know how that even happened and he's saying give me your other hand 
so I can put the cuff on it. I don't want to hurt you. And like Josephina weighs her options and decides to do that. And he takes her downstairs into like, the basement. Like Saw movies aren't as bad as this. Right. And I don't watch that torture porn, no, but yeah. here we are. I've seen a Saw. Ugh. <laughs> I saw the first song. You saw the whole thing? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Did it's, you scream the whole way through Yeah, it? it's, I mean. Well, I, hmm, wait, what's it like watching <laughs> that kind of movie with you? Well, my. <laughs> what's that like? I like scary movies. Me like, too. But it's like a workout. I like I like having gone to the gym. I like having watched uh-huh, a scary movie. Uh-huh. The experience of living actually through it is pretty brutal for me and everybody. I was going to say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the person next <laughs> yeah, to you, yeah, but yeah. you kind of answered that question because too. It's a lot of me being like, uh, uh, Oh, is it? Oh, who's that? Oh, God. Oh, God. They're coming. Ah! Yeah. I get it. I don't know why I asked the question yeah. when I just know exactly what the answer is. So he takes her downstairs. He puts her in a hole. And Josephina's like, a hole in the basement. So we're like, in this... the basement and then there's a hole in the basement. She's like, is this a grave? Like, yeah. what is yeah. going on? So she passes out. I don't know if he slipped or something or it just like like knocked her in the head or something. Yeah. And she wakes up and she's like chained up in this it, torture chamber. I mean, it, literally, this is a horror movie. It's a horror movie. And yeah. so she's like crying and screaming and pounding. And he comes down and he starts like beating her up and telling her to shut up. Yeah. And it's just like, this is her first night in this horrible, horrible nightmare. Yeah. So the next day, he takes her out out of the hole. He puts some weird, I don't know what these are. They're like muscle binders or whatever. She calls them. I don't know what they are. It's some weird torture device. Yeah, they're like shackles though. So yeah. he's like shackling her and chaining her to a sewer pipe. So she's exactly. out of the hole now, but yes. it's not much better because she's still in this like dank basement. But like it starts immediately opening up to her about his fucking plans. He talked to me like he knew me for years. He was saying like, you know, he had impregnated all these girls. And every time he would have a baby, Philadelphia, DHS would just snatch him up and he would never get to see him. He wanted to gather girls on Marshall Street and then just keep impregnate all these girls so he would have all these kids and he would be able to raise his own children. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kidnap all these girls just like yourself. Yeah. I'm going to rape you, impregnate you, and then we're going to have a bunch of kids. I'm going to do like just like you, but like with other women, and other here, girls. They're going to grow up in the basement. Like we're going to learn eventually like he wants to create like the perfect race like, without any intervention from the, like this guy is crazy. He's crazy. He is crazy. And you know who's here to tell us? Jerry Jennings. PhD. Is, is the author of <laughs> Breaking the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, oh my God, Jerry. Uh, Jerry. The title. And Jerry. Jerry is the one who's just like... Heidnick, his idea was to kidnap women and create this harem of sexual slaves that he would impregnate them and and have all these children. He was out to establish a throne of power, control, and adoration. Let me tell you about this Gary guy. He wanted power, he wanted adoration, and the only way he could get it is by tricking women and, like, tying them up and torturing them. Then... Oh, my God, you guys. We meet Gary's defense attorney, question mark? So, the guy's name is Charles Puerto. Am I saying that right? Charles... Charles Peruto Jr. <laughs> and the thing is, I just wrote, this is Heidnick's defense attorney. And I said, he's not here to say nice things about Heidnick. He, I was going to say, he doesn't say a nice word about no. him. He absolutely hates him. A lot of the shade, most of the shade that's yeah. thrown to Gary Heidnick is from his own defense totally. lawyer. And in my notes, I just have almost reminding myself, this is his defense lawyer. I know. Way. This is his defense lawyer I will, saying I this. went back and made that note later when I was like, oh, fuck, now we got to hear from the lawyer. And then I was like, oh, no, he hates this he guy. He hates him. Yeah. But I'm like, defense lawyer, huh? So we learned from Jerry and Charlie, like he's obsessed with fame and money. He wants to be a big shot, hence the Cadillac. Yeah. And he was also using religion. He was a self-ordained. When I say self-ordained, you could buy a corporate kit and ordain yourself a bishop. So he was a, an ordained minister. 
and started the church, the United Church of the Ministers of God. He started his own church, the United Church of the Ministers of God. Look, what the fuck is that? Can you calm down? I don't- can you take a one word of it? I know. United I know. Church. Of, like, it's it's very, it's a mouthful, number one. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, I know what you're all about. This is insane. And the thing is, like, we learned eventually that he would have actual church services on the first floor of his house while these women were chained up and being tortured downstairs in the basement. Yeah. And again, his own lawyer is like, oh, they called him Bishop Heidnick. Oh, we loved it. Oh, yeah, we yeah, loved yeah. this shit. We also learned that somehow he's like a master of the stock market. And so he wants wants to also use his religious status to become tax exempt and it fucking works. Right. So he, he just like put a sign on his house like this is a church now and yeah, because right. this country is <laughs> fucked up they're just like okay. Oh, great. Like you don't have to pay taxes. So Thank we, you Bishop. Thank, yeah. you for, thank you for bringing your church to our neighborhood. Who is going to okay. Because you know like who I like, you know the donuts and coffee are terrible. So he had a 148 IQ to which I say who the fuck cares. I don't care. And how much even is that? Is that a care. lot? I don't know. It's a lot but is I don't it, care. Yeah. What okay. do you think my IQ is? A you think? I do. 148? Yeah. You didn't know. I think you're incredibly smart. Oh, no, that's so nice. I think I'm okay smart. Were you trying to set me up as a joke? Because no. I won't do that. I no 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 no. I really want like I think that I'm an averagely intelligent person. I think you're you're above average intelligent. Easily like easily Here's above average. I wouldn't like win Jeopardy or like an IQ test, but I think I would shock people at how long I would actually survive if I was like on Survivor. I think like that's where I would really shine. It sounds ridiculous, but I think I'd go really far. I think my social game would be really good uh-huh. and I think I've got the body mass to not freeze at yep. night mm-hmm. I bet there'd be some snuggling for people who would want me to keep them warm I'd probably trade that for rice I love how you're doing that selflessly like if they want to keep if they need me to keep them warm you're not looking at like John over there who's like maybe he's a little chilly I would be the first one to find the immunity idol when nobody saw me looking for it like I think the I'd be what? really oh you know a lot about yeah. Survivor I, the, I'm what, a gamer I'm a Survivor gamer I'm really into it I think I would do well the immunity what the immunity idol the idol yeah you get it chilly and we don't have time for this now. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so Gary made like. Do you see the look of disappointment in my eyes when I'm like, I have to explain an immunity idol? Yeah. Next thing I know, you're going to want me to explain to you what tribal council is? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I would do really well at tribal. I'm just saying. I believe you. Even I may not know what it is, but I believe in you and I believe you. So Gary, this asshole, made $700,000, quote, back then in the stock market right. in, like, the 70s. Of course, I googled. That's, like, $2 million today. Yeah. Why Why can't you just go enjoy your millions? Why are you going to torture the women? Because he's dead inside. <laughs> he's just, like, a demon on earth. So in 1983, he moves to Philly, and yeah. we meet Doris, You guys, we meet his next-door neighbor. neighbor, Doris, and I just said. Doris is like, I, can you wake up, sweetheart? Can you was, be a little aware of your surroundings, the Doris? The thing is, I feel like Doris is at once a good neighbor, but also the neighbor that's got the tea on everybody. Doris knows what's going on in every house in that neighborhood. Except Gary's. Except, except for Gary's with which she shares a wall. And which we hear, like, the... Inter- okay, I, but... <laughs> She's like, he would tell me he wanted what I had, a family, three beautiful girls. You know, he wanted to have a wife and children someday. He really wanted a, a wife and kids. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here screaming. It's not the way to do it, Gary. I know. <laughs> Unhand them. Well, then we also learned that apparently he had a, quote, Filipino mail order bride, oh to which I said, that is surely something we don't say anymore, right? I, we, I don't. 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I Googled it and I just got sent to websites right. <laughs> about mail order brides, yeah. which I'm still not entirely sure if we're allowed to say. I but don't think that we're supposed to say. I mean, that can't be a thing we say anymore. I don't. I'm sorry. Believe it. But <laughs> the reason he acquired a Filipino woman is because this is another thing we no one should ever say. Yeah. Is that he read that Asian women are totally subservient. I was And I just have, this is so wrong. It's so fucking crazy. And then he immediately starts beating her mm-hmm. and the wife is complaining to next door neighbor Doris who can hear through the walls the walls are paper thin but now that I'm saying it out loud I feel like Doris's memory is selective because if the walls are really paper thin we probably wouldn't actually be here right because then she's like his wife told me she says oh Gary hit me and I said well don't let him do that I said and if you can't stop him then you need to leave and then it wasn't long after that she left don't let him hit you. Yeah. If you can't stop him, then leave. And I'm like, Doris, that's a lot easier said than done. Please For don't sure. yell at yeah. this woman who's right. going through some trauma right now, Oh my right God, now, right. Like she just came over to like mm-hmm. have a reprieve and maybe a cup of tea. And a little bit like, don't let him do that yeah, to you. No. Excuse right. me. I, Gary's <laughs> the only one doing anything. I know. I know. Doris, yeah. enough. And then Poor Doris is just trying to do the right thing. She, but I, she, I know what you're saying. And she wants a medal for sitting here and telling us, and that's fine. <laughs> Doris, you get honorable mention, maybe. Yes. 100%. Maybe. I, mean, I, don't, just, I haven't decided yet. Let's get through it first. But then this Filipino woman leaves. Thank God. She finds, hopefully, yeah. safety. She leaves. And then Doris is like, and that's when he started bringing a lot of girls home. Yeah. And I'm like, Doris, yeah, girls. You know what? You're. I really liked Doris when I watched it. But now Sorry. hearing it with your telling. <laughs> I ruined her. Sorry. This is where we meet Denise Turpin. She's. They say she's the retired deputy commissioner of Philadelphia. And she's telling us about the neighborhood. And there, I have a lot of complicated feelings about Denise. So mm-hmm. we'll come back to her. Yep. But, you know, she's saying Gary Heineck was in a poor neighborhood. People turned a blind eye to things that he did. Some of them were not so unusual. Black women going into the home. But I think mainly because he was a white male, he was able to project himself as this um, normal human being. And on top of that, like the fact that he lived in a really poor part of town, Denise tells us that no one really paid attention to or cared about that side of town anyway. So he was kind of free to do whatever he wanted. So now we're back with Josefina. And like, remember, she's been chained in the basement. So she's saying it took her a couple of days to get acclimated. And she says like she describes her captivity and like the mental health trauma that these women Mm. lived with after the fact. I I feel like the world wasn't there for these women in the way they would have been for other women. We will get to that later. Yes. And so it's November 29th, 1986, just a few days after. After Josefina is down there, Gary abducts his second victim. Yeah. And he's bringing her down into the basement and she's crying. And Gary's like, stop crying. You know me. Like, we're friends. Like, we're cool. Don't worry about it. As he's putting her in what are called muscle clamps. What the fuck are muscle clamps? He's like handcuffing her, but then crazy gluing the handcuffs shut. And then using a fucking hair dryer to dry the crazy glue. You guys. Like, oh my God. But he's also like, it's like, and as he's doing this, he's introducing like Sandra, Josephine. Josephina Sandra. Yeah, manners, everybody, manners. Right, because her name is Sandra Lindsay. They also, in the middle of this, Oxygen has Josephina today go to Gary's house in the middle of the night in the pouring rain. Because it goes to a commercial when we're introduced to Sandra, right? And as it comes out of commercial, rather than going back to the story, they make this weird choice to like have this weird intercut thing. And I just wrote, oh great, let's re-traumatize Josephina by taking her back to Heinrich's house in the middle of the fucking night. Because there was no, like just from the most cynical perspective, there was no usable tape here because she's just 
just like, I don't even know what to say to this. It's the middle of the night. It's pouring rain. Yeah. Don't do this to her. And my thing is, why is that house still standing? When you guys find out what happened there, every other house that we've ever covered where things like this have happened get demolished. Yep. Like the fucking Gacy house, yep. the Unseen house. Why is this house still standing? I don't know. Is somebody living there? Is Doris still next door? Doris. She's like, oh, we can knock the wall down and have a nice little big living room. Oh, my God. Doris, you know. Why is this house still standing? So now we're back to Josephina and Sandra. Sandra has just been introduced to this thing. Yeah. So the thing about Sandra is that Gary met her at the Elwin Institute. And the Elwin Institute is for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So she's a vulnerable target for Gary. And you're going to, like, depending on what clips we use, you're going to hear problematic language about, like, people say it a hundred different ways. But Josephina can tell this right away. And the thing is, his own lawyer is like... He preyed on people who could not fight back. Prostitutes, they can't run to the police. So if he kidnapped a prostitute, who's going to miss her? If he went after somebody who was mentally ill, who's going to miss her? She's not going to know what to do. So he always preyed on weak people. Prostitutes, who would even miss them? Mentally challenged, who would miss them? And I said, I get what you mean, Charles, but you're saying it wrong. I use you're your words. Sa- this wasn't made in 1978. No. This was made like a year ago. Yeah, Charles, get your act together, sweetheart. And oxygen, tell people not to say that. I know. Like I you know. have the pe- like, don't yeah. just let yeah. it happen. What yeah. the fuck? It's crazy. I was listening to NPR today, and they were talking about people who are pregnant getting the vaccine. They said people who are pregnant 800 times. They did not say pregnant women, and I was so proud of them here newsflash you guys like trans men can be pregnant and yeah and that shit matters yes and like there was like four different people in the segment and everybody kept saying people who are pregnant right. and i was so proud of npr it was amazing because maybe they were told to do that like maybe some people knew to say yeah, that and if yes. they weren't npr was like we're not airing it if you say look it. I, I didn't know until this morning that's how we said it so now i know you know what i mean and that's the point exactly the more you know <laughs> hero bell <laughs> we got a hero bell on this episode Woo! but the point is like gary worked as a nurse in this place. So he's such a fucking piece of trash. At the Elwin Institute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he would take these clients out on tours or like take them out for like a day trip and then take them to this hell house and abuse them. And then like Jerry Jennings, the guy who wrote that book, he's like, he would take the clients out on these tours into the community and then he would sneak them off to his apartment to exploit the women for sexual favors. It was a big, huge boost to his, you know, tiny, weak, fragile ego. This was all a huge boost to his tiny, weak, fragile ego. I, I wrote that down too. I loved that so fucking Jerry much. Jerry hates him. Like, yeah. as he should. Like, it's not a hot take. So, you know, in talking about his victim pool, right, that he preys upon, like, the people who don't have people to, like, stand up for them. Like, the developmentally disabled, sex workers, poor people, women of color. He's saying, remember how he had a church in his living room? Yeah. They were saying that, like, the thing that, like, that he loved about himself was that he was creating this church where he would basically have disciples. I mean, it's a cult. Nobody's saying it, but it's a fucking cult. Right. And so one of our experts is like, Hustlers do not shy away from religion. Uh, it's a way to captivate people because people will look at it and, and they give you that veneer of respectability because you um, are associated with uh, religion and the Lord. It yes. makes people in the community think, well, they have to be a good guy. And that's that's the whole point here is that, like, he got away with this. Like, even with Doris, next door neighbor, who probably heard horrible fucking sounds coming from his house. She's like, how bad could it be? He's a preacher. Right. You he know? looks nice. Yeah. It's a, it was. And he's got the sign in front of his house. Like, right. it's a church, technically. Like, this is how he got away with this for so long. Right. So we're back with Josefina and Sandra in the Hell House. And they get to talking. Right. Because remember, Sandra kind of knows Gary. Yeah, because Gary worked at the school. He's known. He's known her 
her for a long time. So Josefina is brilliant. She's like, I need to find out everything I fucking can about this guy and use that to my advantage. She's just going to keep talking to Sandra and see what's kind of going on. The thing about Sandra is that she might be a member of a vulnerable mm-hmm. population, but she had a family that really loves her. And so like her family is desperately looking for her. And they, the family knew that the last person she was going to go see was this Gary Heidnick guy. So like the, the sister and the mom go to the house, they knock on the door, nobody answers. The cops come to the house. Because they file a missing person's report. Yes. So they send the cops to Gary's house because they were like, he signed her out. Like, can you can you just get him to open the door? And this is what is so enraging. We are explained by that woman, Denise, the former commissioner, who mm-hmm. I said I have like feelings about her because she defends what happens here. Yeah. She says, 30 years ago, they didn't have the access to, you know, information right on the spot like they do now. So that meant the officer would have had to come in off the street into the operations room or to the detective division to try to have them what we call run the information through the computer. The officer that went to the house was given incorrect information in terms of the spelling of Heidnick's name. His last name is spelled H-E-I-D-N-I-C-K and he's put it in the machine H-I-E-D-N-I-C-K and then they weren't able to see that he had fucking priors for kidnapping and rape. Right. And they're looking for this young vulnerable woman. Like the defense attorney is here to say this is bullshit. Gary Heidnick do you spell it I-E? Do you spell it E-I? It, it could be either way. So you don't try different combinations? And that was the testimony, that he didn't try different combinations. Bad policing. This answer is not good enough. This again, is a weird name. You try it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, again, his own defense lawyer is like, is that your excuse? Just yeah. try different combinations if yeah. nothing shows up. He's like, he goes, this is bad policing. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like because of that, they didn't see that Gary had a record. And he, they're like, oh, no record? Nothing to see here. Yeah, Let's oh, the move white on. preacher guy. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure. I'm sure everything is on the up and up. Meanwhile, women are chained in the basement. Right. And then defense attorney Charles, who probably is garbage in real life, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. He literally says, "I don't like to play the race card, but I have to say that the handwriting's on the wall in this case. The fact that Sandra was from a poor black family who doesn't have any connections, I think that that that's what ended the, the investigation." He's like, there are all kinds of cops. There are good cops, there are bad cops, there are lazy, there are smart, there are stupid. He's like, she got a lazy cop and a stupid cop, and that was a lethal combination for Sandra. He says, the writing's on the wall. Nobody gave a shit because they were black. Yeah. They were just dying for a reason to say, you know what, who cares? Nothing to see here. Now it's November 30th, 1986. It's four days since the first abduction of Josefina. They hear a pounding on the door. I'm assuming maybe that was the cops. It was. It, yeah. for sure, it 1,000% was the so cops. So they can hear in the basement that people are looking for them. I can't even imagine. I know. I know. So later that day, Heidnick comes down to the basement with a pen and paper because he knows Sandra's family is looking for her. Right. So he makes Sandra write a letter to her parents saying that she's in New York. She's having a great time. You don't have to look for me. I'm like, yeah, that please, please don't look for me. I'm having so much fun. Don't I'm worry about it. I'm definitely not kidnapped in Heidnick's no. basement. Don't look there. If you're going to look anywhere, don't look there. No, I mean, the la- I mean, don't look at all. Yeah, Honestly, just stop caring and stop loving me and don't be worried about it. Like, sleep well tonight knowing right. that I'm alone in New York City totally. and having a grand old time. Heidnick then drives to New York City from Philadelphia to mail the letter and Josephina hears him leave. She knows he's gone for hours and hours and she has the thought like... And the thing was, what if something happened to him while he was out? Who was going to find us then? So when he came home, 
And I told him I knew he was going for like hours and hours and hours. And he was like, really? And um, I remember him saying, well, oh, well, I, I have a solution for that. This is something I would really love to just blow through this as fast as possible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> he realizes that they're listening to him and he says he has a solution for that. And he goes and gets a screwdriver and basically tries to rip out their eardrums so that they can't hear his movements. And this is one of those moments where you can see her feeling it and remembering it. Yeah. And because she's like, it really hurt. It really hurt. But I think it got healed in some way. I don't know yeah. because it's, I don't think that she, she didn't, she didn't say like, and now I have hearing loss forever. Right. Maybe yeah. she does. Yeah. yeah. But she's just like, it was just another way to, to inflict pain on these, on these women. Yeah. And so now it's December 22nd, 1986. Mm-hmm. The third victim is brought in. Her name is Lisa Thomas. She was one of the younger ones. She was 19 years old. They describe her as streetwise. She's brought to the house and like, this is where we realize that when they, they bring in the third victim and they, they're trying to put them all in that hole in the basement, there's only room for two of them. And this is where like a little bit of a hierarchy starts to form among the captives. And because Gary starts pitting the women against each other. Yeah. Like we don't have a fucking enough of that in this world. Right. So Lisa and Sandra are put in the hole and Josefina is allowed to like be in the basement as sort of like a position of power or pride. Because she was his favorite. Because yeah. we, we're learning now that in these couple days, Josefina has really started appeal, appealing to his ego. Yes. Which we learn from Jerry, the, the author and his own defense lawyer. Like he really That's needs that. gonna work. So yeah. she's yeah. like, you're so handsome. You're so sexy. And you know, then he starts talking about this plan. He was trying to get these girls pregnant. He wanted to raise a perfect race with no influence from the outside world in his basement. And do this all in his basement. Yeah, and so now we... Oh, God, that just sounds... I just... Oh, my God. That house still stands. That house still stands. That basement is still fucking there. How much do you think it would cost... Let's buy that house. And fucking burn it. Or, like, and destroy it. I'm seriously asking, how much would it cost for us to buy that house and demolish it? Like, how much... Let's zillow that shit as soon as we're done with this. Breaking news. Uh, Breaking in. So we paused the recording because we wanted to see if we could buy the house and demolish it. Yeah, we were honestly like, I wonder how much that would cost to buy. (laughs) And we learned that as of like recently, it's been totally demolished. Thank fucking God. But like Josefina, like when they were filming this documentary, she went back and stood in front of it. It was still there. As of like whenever. Yeah. As a filming of this documentary, it was still there. So Josefina, I hope that helps you at least that that it's gone forever in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's January 1st, 1980. Victim number four is brought in. Her name is Deborah Dudley. She's a sex worker. And like we learned that Deborah just never stopped screaming. Deborah Dudley never stopped fighting. She was very resistant and always gave Gary a hard time. From the beginning, Deborah kept acting up, and I mean acting up and acting up and howling and screaming and you know, being defiant and rebellious. I see a lot of myself in Deborah. She just like I want to like I want to say it would take I've taken the Josephina approach, but I don't think so. Absolutely not. And so. honestly, like fucking good for her. She's yeah. like get me like she doesn't know these women. She doesn't know what's going on. It's just like it's an interesting. I hate to use that word, but study of like how people react in a really horrifying situation because we have four different reactions well, here. Completely. And Josephina's and they're all the, valid. Yes. And Josephina's <laughs> playing the long game. And Josephina tries to explain to Deborah, like, girl, I got you. Because what happens is Deborah is giving him so much resistance that he's. Just 
just beating her and beating her and beating her. She's like, everything was a hard time. Everything was a fight. Everything was a battle. Again, totally valid. Yeah. And she And Josephine is like, girl, he's just going to keep beating you up. So, like, right. if you play nice, he'll treat you better. Ask me. I know. Totally. And you have to. She's, she's like, you're going to die if you keep this up. And I have to say, like, that must have been so hard to hear because the last thing you want to do is be yeah. the tiniest bit nice to this animal. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. And yet it's, like, easy for Josephine. <laughs> she's like. It's a very. Yeah. Everyone she's looking has, at that chessboard. Totally. You know? Yes. Yes. So now victim number five, January 18th, 1987. This is Jackie. Jackie's the other woman that is with us in this documentary. Right. And she was 18 years old when this happened to her. Yes. I was working on 16th and Poplar. And when I seen Gary Heineck car, he said, well, how much would you charge me? It was this other girl. And me and her was actually arguing over Gary Heineck. And he ended up picking me. And it's another one of those stories where, you know, she felt that he was normal enough and he invited her over and she doesn't usually do that, but she went and they're playing video games together. And then all of a sudden, he's just like violently attacking her. The same thing that happened with Josephina. The handcuffs on, she's downstairs and she he puts Jackie in the hole and Josephina again says, stop screaming. I got you. Like, She says, I'm going to get you out of here, but you have to be patient. Yeah. I can't. I'm not going to be patient when I'm waiting for my coffee. I am like Jackie. I am like, be patient? Yeah. What are you talking about? And like, who the fuck are you? Right, totally. Why am I going to trust any of you in yeah, here? Like, yeah. oh, come on. Because we have to remember that Josefina is working really hard to like curry favor and trust and it's working. And so then the day after Jackie comes is Josefina's birthday. He came back with a food from takeout, a birthday cake, and a birthday present. They sung happy birthday. Um, we ate Chinese food. I opened up a present. He bought me a pair of slippers. I don't think I've had a birthday party since then. I haven't had a birthday party since. Uh, I know. Like, of course not. 33 years ago, this happened. He wants to dance with her to that song, Stand, Stand By, By Me. Me. And she's like, I know, girl. I know. Like, she she looks to the camera. Yeah. She's like, I know. This is so fucking crazy. But she's saying, what I'm doing is working. Like, let me see what I can do with this. Because she's like, you don't throw a birthday party for someone you hate, right? Totally. There's got to be something there. He's yeah. giving me special treatment. Something's happening. So it's January 1987. Gary is now holding five women captive in his apartment. Can you fucking imagine that? No. They're all chained together, but there was, as we learn, enough space so that he could rape them. Yeah. They're chained, but they they have, like, lead on their chains. So they can, like, I mean, how does everybody not know this story? This is know. the most horrifying story. By the way, I want you guys to know I know the answer to that question. Like, I like I know why we don't know this oh, story. Oh, right, because they're black. Because it happened to black women who are yeah, sex workers and poor and developmentally yeah. disabled. Like, I'm asking that question with rage and anger and theoretically. I know why we don't know it. Right. It makes me crazy. Right. And I'm not exempt from not knowing this story. Like, I didn't yeah. know it till today either, you know? You're welcome. God <laughs> damn, I know, GP. No, 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 you no, guys, no. GP is burning up the calendar. I'm telling you, she's got plans for months. I'm trying. <laughs> So by February 7th, 1987, again, the day before Thanksgiving is when Josefina has been there. Right? Oh, my God. This is so awful, you guys. So Sandra, who is she was the, victim number two. She was the one that was going to the school for the development to lead disabled. Right. That Gary just signed her out. And then the cops were like, nothing to see here. Yeah. That's OK. So Sandra's not feeling well and she's not eating. And so Gary is trying to force feed her. And Josefina is like, I knew she wasn't feeling well. And I was like, Aunt Sandra, just try to eat something. You know, you don't have to eat everything, but just try to eat something. 
you know, to kind of sustain yourself in the frame of mind that he's in. He thought she was being rebellious. Gary thinks it's like a personal attack on him. She's just being rebellious. Yes. He so, chains her up in some... I, Josephina explains it. I don't really understand it. But he's got her chained up to the wall in some way. To the ceiling. So the chain is hanging down to the ceiling. So her arms are up. And yeah. she's just like hanging. And he's trying to force feed her. He's beating her at the same time. And eventually, he just beats her to death. I, I did not see this coming. <laughs> No. He, like, opens the handcuff, and she falls to the floor, and she is dead. Right. I screamed out loud. I, 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 it's it's unbelievable. Like, the humanity of it is so fucking awful. Yeah. But then my next thought was, like, also, now he's got a dead body he's got to deal with. Right. What's going to happen there? And now Gary is blaming Debbie, the, like, extra rebellious one, the yes. fighter, like, for Sandy's death. Like, nothing really makes any sense. Like, Gary was the only one abusing her and beating her. No one understands why Gary's blaming Debbie. Uh, well, but... except, except for Jackie. Right. Jackie's got a thought on why Gary is blaming Debbie. And we didn't understand why but it's whatever Josephine Rivera told him she had to put everything on us to make it seem like we was the troublemakers and she was just going with the flow it was just all lies that she was telling for us to get in trouble according to Jackie she's trying to curry so much favor with him that she's turning on them and he believes her right and so Charlie the defense lawyer is here and he's like look Josephina knew that Gary was always watching right yeah. so she convinced Gary that she was his ally and yes. he bought it. I believe this to be true. Josefina had everybody's best interest in heart. I think Josefina knew from the beginning the only way any of them were going to survive was with her plan, whatever that was going to be. So in moments like this, when it sounds like Josefina's just trying to save herself, it's not true. It's not true. And she knew that she couldn't tell them. Right. She yes. knew. I mean, who on earth can keep a secret like that? Right. Right. Because the, other than Josefina, you know right, what I mean? Like Josefina's saying, like, if I tell any of these women, they'll tell him to get food, to Stop getting beat up, like trying to curry favor. She has to keep it to herself. Right. Or they'll ask her questions and start talking about it and he'll overhear it and exactly. then it's over. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we cut back to Jackie. You guys, this is really, really, really bad. If you're listening with kids, please don't. Please stop. <laughs> and I hope you got them out of here in the first two minutes of this episode. Not a mother, but good God. <laughs> Daisy, what do you think? You like this episode? Yeah, she has notes. So we find out that after Sandra died, all of a sudden he's feeding meat to the women downstairs, you guys. And Jackie says, And then I realized that the whole time he was upstairs burning Sandy, cooking her so he can dismember her body. It wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here because I ate her. Like, these women are starving. 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 And we'll, we're not saying that. We'll learn later yeah. the condition they were found in. Yep. Starving is not hyperbole. It's not an exaggeration. They were starved. This is like the Jeffrey Dahmer of it all. Like, he's upstairs cooking Sandra. And he's using it. Oh, my God. He's using it to say, like, stay in line or this will happen to you. Because he brings Debbie, the, like, quote, rebellious one yeah. upstairs and shows her Sandra's ribs, like, roasting in a pan yep. in the oven. And, and, like, body parts in the freezer and yeah. Her head in a in like is, on the stove, like yeah, it's this is the true crimiest of the true crime we've covered in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, there's another death, and it's fucking brutal. And as another way of like keeping the women in line, this is terrible, and we're not gonna give a lot of detail. But remember that hole in the floor? He fills it with water, and he puts Debbie and Jackie into it, and takes like an exposed wire, and is like touching it to the chain that they're chained to in the water, and electrocuting he's, them. He's electrocuting them. He's like electroshocking them in the water, and. Jackie 
Jackie says that he was making Josefina do it too. Because he goes upstairs and makes her continue to do it. And according to Jackie, she did. And then what happens is that Debbie dies. So Jackie survives. And according to Jackie... Josefina Rivera killed Debbie because she continued what Gary told her to do. And if you just swerved off the road, you shouldn't have been driving. But more than that, this story is so insane. Uh, I cannot believe that everybody doesn't. How do we all know about Gacy? How do we all know about Dahmer? How do we all know about... White dudes. White dudes. White dudes. How do we all fucking know these stories? But we don't know this story. It's so crazy. And on top of it, this whole horrible music. It sounds like Mario and Bowser's Castle. It's a video game reference, girl. Just let me have it. I'm going through it. It's like these sound effects uh-huh. and this like... Do you play video games? Like old school Mario? Hell okay. yeah. I agree. And yeah, so I'm just like, Oxygen, it's bad enough. What are you trying to distract me? Because if you are, it's working because now I feel like I'm in Bowser's Castle. Yeah. So, Josephina is saying like, because they did this horrible thing together, Gary's yeah. like, Josephina's like, fine. She's never going to snitch on me because she is a murderer now and right. whatever. So he really lets Josephina walk free like yeah. totally totally free i mean we we learned that she's like walking like in the living room she's free to walk around the house when he's there when he's yeah. not there we, he thinks of them as like boyfriend girlfriend and we like you're thinking why aren't you running why aren't you running and we hear josephina say later i was free but i wasn't free because these other girls were still in the basement even if i get away the first thing he's going to do is get rid of them because that's all the evidence If I get away, he's going to kill the other girls because that's evidence. He knows that I will probably say something, right? Yeah. So now he's like, hey, Josefina, let's get another girl. Let's get another victim, right? Yeah. And she's like, here's the deal. We can go pick up another girl. I said, but when we get done, I said, you're going to take me to see my family. And he went for it. I will help you find somebody else. Yeah. But you have to let me see my family. Remember, she's the mother of three. She went out the night before Thanksgiving. I have been thinking about the kids this whole time. Who's watching the kids? Right. I don't know. Nobody. Ugh. So it's Agnes Adams, right? So I'm like, oh my God, she fucking did it. Like, yeah. Josephina, where is this going? What is your plan? What is happening? <laughs> so Josephina didn't know Agnes, but Agnes knew Gary. And she was a little bit older than the other woman. It's still the same thing. She's a sex worker. She's a black woman. Yeah. And so now imagine you're Jackie. Josephina leaves after this beautiful spa evening she's had or whatever in Jackie's mind she's walking free and like here's Josephina and Gary with like a new girl downstairs so Jackie is fucking livid and terrified because right? she, now she thinks Josephina and Gary are legit working together right so Josephina's like I, I'm seeing this like look of total betrayal and she's like if you would just hear me out like yeah. I can't tell the truth so what happens is Josephina's like okay cool did you tie her up you promised me I can go see my family like TikTok we gotta go yeah and he's like okay and then, <laughs> she, and then but she's like well, wait Gary hold on yeah. sweetie yeah. sweetie baby yeah. I can't take you with me because I've been gone for so long I said they might even be like upset with you because I haven't been in touch with him. You could wait for me at the gas station at 6 and Gerard because I only live down the street. And I'll go down there and talk to them and then I'll bring you down there and introduce you. You take me to the gas station and wait for me there. And he's like, okay, yeah, that <laughs> sounds amazing. And Josephina, the I'll get fucking- the Cheetos, the Mountain Dew. Yeah, I'll just hang out at the gas station delicious. with that fluorescent light that hardly works. It makes that sound. <laughs> yeah. Great surveillance video usually though. Yeah, totally. And they always keep it. <laughs> totally. So Josephina knows there's a payphone a block away. Yes. So she's like, go to the gas station. She's like, you wait here. Goes around the corner out of sight. And she's like, she can't. She's like, is this working? Is this going to work? She's oh my like God. afraid he's going to be 
following her. Like, of course she's thinking that. So she gets to the phone, she calls the cops, and of course they don't believe you her. You guys, the, there's a clock ticking. Like, yeah. um, she knows she's got like 15 minutes to do this thing before he either comes to find her and realizes what's happening and then everyone is killed. She calls the cops. The fucking cop is here today yeah, to tell you. us what he said to her. I was a little skeptical. I asked her, are you a hooker? She said, yes. I said, well, what's this all about? You didn't get paid or something? So what's this about? You didn't get paid? What's the problem? You didn't pay you? What's going on, oh sweetie? My, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, first of all, listen to women. Listen to black oh women. God. Listen to and sex she's workers. Like, Jesus they're Christ. They're in the basement. They're going to be murdered. Like, you have to go save them. You have to go now. And she's like, there are shackles. In the, and they're like, shackles, yeah. schmackles. And she pulls her pants. And she's like, look at my fucking scar. Are yeah. you kidding me? And they're like, oh, okay. What? They didn't take her at her word. This like panicked, fear-ridden woman until they saw the marks on her leg. That's when they finally believed But her. we find out that they get like a search warrant for his house the next day. But they do pick him up in a paddy wagon that night. Okay, good. I forgot that point of clarification. Because then they show Josefina, and they're like, Josefina, is this the guy? Right, and yes. then she looks at us, and she goes, I go up to the paddy wagon, he opened the doors, and it's him. And he just had this look on his face like, I really should have got rid of this bitch when I had a chance. He was not a happy camper. He was not a happy camper to be looking at me from the back of a paddy wagon. Can you imagine you're him, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, and then there's got to be some part of you that's like, oh, I fucking fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> for her to be like, I'm going to see my family, but you can't come. You stay here, sweetheart. Just wait at the gas station. I'm going to go out of sight around sure. the corner. Yeah, I'll be yeah, back yeah. in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'll explain everything, then introduce sure. you. Just totally. let me. I know my mom. She right. can be a little much. Yeah, sure. Just follow my lead on this, okay, Gare? So then that woman, Denise, that commissioner woman is back and she's saying that like they get a warrant to go to the house the next day and they go and they go down. She's there and they go downstairs and she sees the women chained up. She cannot believe it. I came down the steps. I see these three women chained and shackled. They were naked, just exposed. It was just, I asked the officers to go get blankets so they could be covered. And this is also why we need like women in situations like this because the other cops weren't going to get her a blanket. Uh-huh. Like the woman in the room had to say, they are shackled and naked. Can you yeah. please cover them up for God's yes. sake? Yes. Josephina wasn't there when no. the women were rescued. So like she is the one who alerted the cops. The cops go. Josephina's not there and the cops don't tell them how they found out. They don't tell Jackie, that woman Josephina, who's been playing the long game for the last 125 days, who swore she was going to get you out, did. Yeah. Yeah. It took 33 years for Jackie to find that out. And imagine living with that anger yes. and betrayal and, and trauma for because those 33 they think years. Like, because we also learned that at the trial, Jackie and Josephina never see each other. Right. And and the defense lawyer was using Josephina. That's why Charles, the defense lawyer, is garbage. So here we go. So we, we're at the trial now. And Charles, the defense lawyer, who's with us now to tell us what garbage his client was, at the time was still trying to get him off. Right, right, right. He was like, I'm just hoping for third degree murder. He's like, so, he's as guilty as yeah. they come. But as a lawyer, my job is to try to get like the le- the lesser sentence or whatever. So he says, when Josephino testified at the preliminary hearing, I saw an opening to convince the jury on second and third degree murder. Heidnick trusted her and he trusted her for a reason. She did a good sell job on making him believe, hey, you've converted me. I'm with you. And I wanted to use that against her in the trial. 
the defense attorney gets Jackie and the other survivors to testify to how awful Josefina was and right. what a backstabber, double crosser she was, and how like they were as victimized by her as everyone else. It's not the true story. Because right. she's there, she's like, wait a second, I risked my life to save yours, and yeah. now you're throwing me under the bus driven by the lawyer? Yeah. And and for some reason, they never talk. And were it not for this documentary, they never would have come together. Jackie just assumes that Josefina was a murderer and didn't care. Right. And Josefina never knew that Jackie felt that way. Right. Well, I'm sure she assumed. Yeah. <laughs> We know that she's thinking pretty far ahead. She's probably like, Jackie fucking hates me. Because the whole conceit of this documentary is that Jackie and Josefina are going to meet for the first time. Because they got to oxygenify it somehow. <laughs> so we have to have some kind of drama, some real housewives of the hell house. But like the thing is, Josefina is saying like, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to putting her mind at ease. And Jackie's like, I might beat the shit out of her when I, I see don't her. Know. I don't and know. And oxygen's like, fingers crossed you do. <laughs> but let's just get, let, let's end the Gary part of it. Because yeah. July 1st, 1988, he's sentenced to death. Thank God. Yes. Uh, he's executed. Great. Yeah, I'm not a death penalty person, but I'm not sad. Yeah, that I didn't mean, you know how yeah, I say that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Death penalty shouldn't exist. Right. So the, they finally sit down. Jackie and Josephina meet in a park on like a freezing December morning. I know. We couldn't do this in a conference room. I, I say this every time. I can't believe it's not in the middle of the night in front of the fucking house, <laughs> <Yeah>. Oxygen. <laughs> With pictures. <laughs> remember when Remember when you guys were chained to the floor? Remember that? Do you remember? Do you want to see the crime scene photos? Yeah, Jackie, worry. remember when you were 47 pounds and had to learn how to walk again? So, you guys, Jackie says when she was rescued, she was 47 pounds. That is five pounds more than my seven-year-old daughter That's weighs. Insane. When Jackie said that today, I burst into tears. <sighs> that is five more pounds than Daisy weighs. You guys have seen Daisy, right? She's the fucking skinniest kid in America. She's little. We we do feed her. Mac and cheese. Yes. <laughs> so, it's just, it's a lot of Jackie saying, I thought this, and Josephina saying, no, it was really this. And right. then just they just talk through their feelings. I ain't gonna lie. I did have some hate for you. I blamed you for a lot of stuff that happened. I'm sure. My reason for being mad at you had a lot to do with that basement. I didn't understand why a lot of stuff you did down there. That shit broke me down. They are the only two people on earth who can understand it. Yeah. They're coming through it. From, they're coming at it from different directions. And like they finally get on the same page and they'll always be there for each and other. And they say at the end, they're like, we're going to be friends forever. And like the the thing that like really, I mean, I was saying this to myself all throughout, but I was it was good to hear somebody else say it. Yeah. Denise, the commissioner, says. If Gary Hyden's victims had been middle class white women, everything would have been different. I think there would have been more help for these women. Um, more organizations would have come forward to help them. And absolutely, it would have been different. These women talk about this trauma to them like something they survived. Uh And something that they had to like, that they survived on their own. They survived the mental health of it afterwards on their own. And that's just not how it would go if this happened to like middle class white women is what Denise is saying. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, because it even ends with like, it's dedicated to Sandra and Deborah who who died in the house. But Lisa Thomas survived for 93 days and Agnes Adams spent 16 hours in the house. Remember, because she was the one that Josephina brought and neither of them were found for an interview. They just weren't found? It says neither could be found for an interview so I would understand like trying to stay under the radar and not yeah. want to talk about this but again like and not saying that that having counseling would make them want to tell their story yes, yeah. but it's like it's just adding to that like nothing's really changed and the fact that we're just now after all these years of doing this podcast telling this story yes. proves that really nothing's ever changed but <laughs> fucking great I still don't recommend you get in a car though I still I still recommend you kind of take a breather yes put on an episode of the Golden Girls and just relax yes Golden Girls just calm down Everyone just calm the fuck down. My throat hurts. Oh, girl. Wow. We did. 
did, what's it called? Monster Preacher. You know what? The documentary was well done, I think. It was. Yeah, it's a story everybody should fucking know. Yeah. Share this episode with your friends, not because I like need the downloads, just because I want people to fucking know this story. Yeah. I didn't need the will they or won't they be friends I, thing, I, Oxygen, yeah. but I'm glad they got on the same page. Oh, uh, you guys, join us on the Patreon if you're looking for more Jillian and me. We're going to make you laugh over there. We're talking about Gacy right now. God uh, damn it. Uh. <laughs> we also have, you know, the Lacey Peterson documentary, the Menendez murders. Yeah, the jinx if you're just, you know, up on the new Robert Durst stuff. Oh just my hear God. How okay, we... bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Night Stalker, that was a good one. Yeah, just horrifying. Serial season Gate. one, Heaven's yeah. Gate, all the that vow, stuff. Everything, everything. Join the Facebook group. We said that at the top. We yeah. love you. What are we doing next? We are doing Escape to Alcatraz. Escape to Alcatraz? Escape to Alcatraz. So Alcatraz is like stolen land from yes. the indigenous people. Yeah. So it's about in the late 60s, a bunch of the indigenous people saying, mm, we're taking it back. <laughs> and it's all like old footage of just really out of touch white reporters trying to like explain <laughs> why the land is really theirs. No! Uh, or not there. It's just, it's another thing where it's like, why don't we know more about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've been to Alcatraz. Have you been? Yes. And it still says like, it's stuff from that, from the events that we're going to talk about next week are still there at Alcatraz. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just, but it's a lot of like, here we are at Alcatraz. There's like a lot of that. So stay tuned. <laughs> so stay tuned for the trailer for Escape to Alcatraz, our hilarious, ridiculous outtakes. Yeah. And we love you guys. We love you. Thanks for hanging out. And again, like just no heavy machinery. No heavy machinery. Especially like for the rest of the day or yeah, night yeah, yeah, where you yeah. are. This yeah. was like, you need to recoup a yeah. little. <laughs> Golden Girls, I'm telling you. Bye. Bye. American Indians unexpectedly stormed ashore on Alcatraz. They had slipped by the Coast Guard patrol and onto the island sometime during the night. Declared the island Indian territory. For more than 100 years, Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay served as a prison. In 1969, it freed a movement. The choice now lies with the leaders of the American government to use violence upon us as before, to remove us from our great spirit's land, or to institute a real change in its dealings with the American Indians. Led by young people. We were just uh, frustrated and upset about what had happened to our people. And told to a nation on the nightly news. The island was a prison, but now uh, it's an Indian reservation. When American Indians escaped to Alcatraz. Like to this day, she's like, "Thanks for getting me out, but we're not, we're not going to be friends. We're not going to Panera after this." I just imagine he's got the voice of the guy from Silence of the Lambs. Don't like even thing. talk to me about the teeth. I know. Oh my god! Who among us hasn't chained someone to a sewer pipe? I'd like to know. That's a great out of context bit that people are going to use against me one day. You're not getting rich. Like we find out that this guy has seven parishioners that come over once it's a not week. Scientology or the Mormons, no. you guys. He's not making a ton of money. When you pass the basket, like you're looking at like a four dollar haul. Yeah, for your and sermon. also halls cough drops. Totally.